John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief. Everybody say thief. I think everybody knows what a thief is. Hallelujah. Amen. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. God does not want you to have life. He wants you to have abundant life. I know the world thinks they know how to live. But the world does not know how to live. You don't know, you don't learn how to really live life until you get in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The party scene is not living. The dope scene is not living. Hallelujah. Amen. All that stuff that the devil's got is counterfeit stuff that only brings death. All that stuff leads to death. Hallelujah. Amen. Alcoholism leads to death. Doping drugs leads to death. Hallelujah. Amen. Wild sex with anybody and everybody comes along can lead and many times leads to death. Hallelujah. But Jesus says, I come that you may have life. And have it more abundantly. Father, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you for the privilege of being here. I've already been blessed by being in your house today. We ask now, God, that you will bless this message as we begin to minister and touch each and every life here today. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen, Amen. You can be seated. I appreciate our teenage department. Uh, their class, they are responsible for uh, putting the banner that's up over the door as you enter the sanctuary, uh, and that they did a fantastic job. I asked them several weeks back if they would try to do something like that uh, to uh, so we could use it for today, being Sanctity of Life. Uh, Sanctity of Life Sunday, I want to give you a little history first. It was designated by President Ronald Reagan when he was in office. Uh, and he, President Ronald Reagan, uh, for, uh, for those who believe in the sanctity of human life, can take some time to pause and remember the tragic loss. Now, when President Reagan was in office, the number was 15 million, and he made that statement, and his proclamation is in your bulletin today. Uh, you need to read that. That was a proclamation that Ronald Reagan made, uh, and it started the, the first sanctity of life, and it tells about that. And it was 50, uh, 15 million unborn babies at that time that had been killed in their mother's womb, but today... It's over 50 million. Over 50 million unborn innocent lives are taken at the rate of about 
3,500 a day in what I call torture and death chambers of abortion clinics across this land ever since the infamous Roe v. Wade decision of 1973. We think that the Supreme Court started doing things bad last year with a gay issue. The Supreme Court has been taking this country downhill for a long time. It began in 1963, amen, when one woman was allowed to go, amen, and take prayer and Bible out of the schools and the church shut their mouth and didn't do nothing and because of it we got kids killing kids. Hallelujah. There was a gun found in a child's backpack this week in Metro schools. Hallelujah. People, when we begin to turn our back on God's law, we're going to have to suffer the consequences. Hallelujah. The world still shudders when we mention the, uh, the Holocaust of World War II because we know that six million Jews were exterminated in Hitler's death camps. And we condemn those of that generation who turned their heads and choose to ignore the truth of what was going on. Hallelujah. We got a, a, a pamphlet, a, a, a track that we keep around here <laughs> and I make mention from time to time. The name of that track is Sing a Little Louder. And if you'll recall what that track is about, that over in Europe, as people in churches, in all the denominations, not just one or two, but churches scattered around Europe, they would meet on Sunday mornings to worship like we're meeting today. And, of course, Hitler would be having those trains Boxcar with, with Jews, with men, women, and children, packed in them like cattle, carrying them off to Auschwitz and all those death camps. And those people in those cattle cars, oh, they would be crying out for somebody to notice, somebody to help them. They were crying help. And the Christian people, oh, it bothered him so much. They said, oh, oh, man, what can we do? And they said, well, I know what we can do. Let's just sing a little louder so maybe when that train passes by, we won't hear their screams. Oh, let me tell you something. We talk all the time about sins of commission. Now, a sin of commission is a sin that people commit. But let me tell you, there's another sin. My friend, the sister's deadly, and it will send your soul to hell just as much. It's a sin of omission, and it's omitted to do things that you don't do that you should do. Hallelujah, my Lord. How will future generations, if there are any, look back on our generation who are witnessing what I'll call America's personal holocaust, which has lasted over six times longer than World War II slaughter and over 44 million more innocent victims than what Hitler done. What a sobering thought. What I want to talk about today in this message, this is the title, All Lives Matter. All Lives Matter. The importance of human life in our society today is being pitted against things like convenience. Amen. You know, Americans, man, we're fat and lazy. Hallelujah. And we're all out for convenience. 
And we don't want nobody to touch our comfort zone. Man, we get every, we want everything to be just like we want it. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, we, it's just got to be, I've got to be comfortable. Amen. I've got, everything's got to be just right there at my reach. Hallelujah. Amen. We are spoiled. Amen. And I believe sometimes God may look down at even us Pentecostals and say, look at them little spiritual brats running around down there. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We are pitting things convenience. We in America have grown so accustomed to comfort that we think convenience is a part of our Bill of Rights. Come on. So as much, most, now get this, the people who, who have, it's a pro-choice people, they want, they want all the time to say, well, you know, the life of the mother is important. That's why, and the life, let me tell you something. Amen. 99.9% of every abortion has nothing to do to help save a mother's life. Amen. Most of the abortions taking place is to accommodate convenience. Huh? It's more convenient for me to do without that child. It's going to mess up my style. Come on, somebody. Amen. It ain't the right time. You ought to have thought about that before you crawled up in the bed with somebody. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I've been preaching on taking responsibility. I still got one more message in that series. I'm putting that off because I'm, I'm preaching this today. But there's certain responsibilities that we have. Hallelujah. Our life was so important to Christ that he chose the inconvenience of the cross to perpetuate life forever. Did you understand that? Do you think it was convenient for Christ? As, as Brother Shoulder said last night, some people today, they lay out of church for everything. They say, man, I got, I, man, I got, I got a toenail like I can't go to church. You know, I, I got a headache, I can't go to church. I got this, I can't. Let me, oh, my Lord, do you imagine how much Jesus' head had to be hurting, carrying that cross, going up to Calvary by that time? The way they beat him and they whoop him. He did, I mean, dehydrated. Everything did he have. Listen, a normal man would have died before they even got to Calvary. I couldn't survive what they put Jesus through before they crucified him. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, Lord. But our life, life is so important to the Lord that he chose the inconvenience of the cross to perpetuate life forever. If our life was so important to Jesus as to suffer the way he did so we could have eternal life, why should we readily be willing to sacrifice life upon the altar of convenience? Hallelujah. It is high time the church stands up, speak out, and declare the sanctity of human life. And if you believe that, give Jesus clap a hand, clap a praise. You may recall we have recently been, we have seen in the news the emergence of an African-American group known as Black Lives Matter. 
who are protesting the supposedly, and I put the word supposedly there, unjust killings of certain people by this nation, by law enforcement officers and other things. I got, as Brother Shoulder said last night, I got my own opinions about that, but I won't preach you my opinion this morning. Hallelujah. But anyway, Brother Travis, as I was thinking about that, and some, the majority of those people marching around just for the sake of having an opportunity to pillage, amen, and tear up and steal. You know, and as I was thinking about that, there was something got a hold of me deep down in my gut. As I was watching a broadcast one day, and people in the news podcasters was talking about that, and it just come out, man, black lives matter, all lives matter. It don't make no difference if you're black, white, red, blue, or green. It don't make no difference if you're, if you're a fetus in a mother's womb or you're an old person in a nursing home. Everybody's life matters to God. I don't care if you talk English. I don't care if you talk Mandarin Chinese. Hallelujah. Amen. Whatever language. Amen. All lives matter to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I should have told Chris to set up a video camera and not only put this on audio, but put it on video on, on our website. Hallelujah. All lives matter. Hallelujah. All lives matter. Hallelujah. Glory. Our lives matter to God, and all lives should matter to us. Let me tell you something, church. And I'm talking to you as your pastor right now. If we don't love people, we just, we're wasting our time, what we're doing right here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If we don't love people, what we're doing today don't mean much. Hallelujah. Some of the most beautiful words that ever penned was penned by the Apostle Paul. And he says, though I speak with the tongues of men. That's my natural language. Or the tongues of angels. That's speaking in the unknown tongue, the heavenly language. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not love, he said, I become like a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Brother Wayne, the most important thing that I can do for people is love them, and the second thing I can do is pray for them. You can't, man, you can't do nothing no better than that. Hallelujah. Amen. Is love them and to pray for him. Hallelujah. And the reason why our example is the Lord Jesus Christ, because he believed that all lives matters. Hallelujah. Let me, let me break this down just a little bit. The first point I want to share with you about this is God loved humanity. God loved humanity. Brother Bobby almost got on part of my message when he quoted this scripture this morning. Hallelujah. But I'm going to take you back to one of the most famous verses of scripture that we all have learned in the Bible from uh, Sunday school days, and that's John 3.16. Most people can quote it, but a lot of people don't really understand it. For God so loved what? The world. 
Think about that, man. We're going to break it down, and we're going to, we're going to show, I'm going to show you something here in a minute. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, see, all lies, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In the beginning, when God the Father created the universe and all which is in it, he looked upon all he had made after he created it, and he said three words, it is good. Hallelujah. God was proud of his creation from the earth to the stars and to the moon and beyond, all the galaxies and everything within it. When God created it all, he said, it is good. Hallelujah. But God especially was proud of his crowning work, the best work that he did of all the universe. And what I'm, talk, what I'm talking about, his crowning work, was the part of creation that he made in his very own image, mankind or humanity. Hallelujah. In fact, the creation of all nature around us was made for the habitation of man. When you go out and you see the beauty of the land and all the animals, do you know God, God didn't just say, well, I'm going I'm to create the earth and I'm going to create the, uh, the trees and the vegetation and all, all these animals. And then, and then all of a sudden, all he said, well, I think I'm going to create a man now. No. Everything, man was the last thing he created. And everything else prior to that, God was creating to prepare for mankind. Hallelujah. That's a fact. Hallelujah. Everything God created before he got to man was made with man in mind. Hallelujah. He was creating a place for you and I to live. Hallelujah. Follow with me now. Hallelujah. Amen. He provided man everything he needed to sustain life. And because life was so important to God, he even planted the tree of life in the Garden of Eden so man would have an opportunity, although he threw that opportunity away, he would have an opportunity to live forever. Now, people trying to find out where the Garden of Eden is, and uh, uh, that don't much matter, but um, if you go to the book of Revelation... <laughs> you'll find that tree of life is still existing. It's in glory. Glory to God. And it's, gonna be, it's bearing all, 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 all manner of fruit. And the fruits of the tree is for the healing of the nations. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God loves life, and all lives matter to God. He put, that's, listen, God put Adam and Eve out of the garden, not particularly for the sin, but he put them out of the garden so they wouldn't eat of the tree of life and then live forever, and it wouldn't have no chance for sin to ever be resolved. Exactly. Hallelujah. Amen. He said he put an angel there for the flaming torch to turn all directions to keep the way of the tree of life. Then somewhere along the line, God transposed, and he moved that tree up to glory. Hallelujah. See, oh, oh that, 
I got to watch myself and with my time I will get off. But God provided the opportunity for us to live forever. God never had no plans on you dying. He never had no plans on man going to hell. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. Hallelujah. For the devil and his angels. But see, when sin entered the picture, it brought death, pain, and destruction. But God so loved the world. Glory. God, or let me let me paraphrase that a little bit. But God so loved humanity. But God so loved life that he gave his son to purchase back. Hallelujah. Amen for man. Glory to God because man threw his life away. Hallelujah. And he sent his only son because all lives matter. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. We had sold ourselves out in slavery of sin and he purchased us. My Lord, my Lord. Man, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost all over me right now. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. He gave so he could redeem us to buy us back. Hallelujah. Because all lives matter to God. <coughs> Give me a few more minutes. I'm going to have to move on. I'm going to bring you another point. And this will be my final point. From conception... To natural death. From conception to natural death. The very, the very split and beyond that mental second or whatever you would call it, at that point that, uh, it can, uh, that a woman conceives a soul is created at that point. At that point, there's a new soul that never had been in existence before, and there it's created. And, and, and if all understanding of it is known, the nine-month gestation period that the woman goes through pregnancy is actually the covering of the soul. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> what did what did he tell the prophet? What did what, what did he tell the prophet? Hallelujah, Amen. While you was in your mother's room, I knew you. Glory to God. I called you. I named you. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. While you was in your mother's room, God knew your name. He knew what you was going to do. Amen. And what you was going to be. Hallelujah. Amen. It's the most important thing. He loved you. Amen. Before you was ever worth loving. But you know what? Satan is an enemy of life because he knows how important lives are to God. So everything Satan does comes from the motive of stealing life away. Everything he does comes from the motive of stealing life away. I'm going to carry you back to our opening text, John 10 and 10. Hallelujah. For the thief cometh not, and that thief there is the devil. The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and destroy. My, my, my. But I've come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. 
when abortion became legal in 1973, everyone who opposed it said it was only the beginning. It was said that if abortion is legalized, then before you know it, they'll be wanting to take people's life because they're old, take their life because they're sick and invalid. Hallelujah. They want to take, uh, they do their ultrasounds and they'll try to scare mamas into aborting babies and say that baby's not going to be right. Come on, somebody. We got some examples right here in our own church about that. Hallelujah. It's all hatched up because the devil's a thief. He wants to steal what God's trying to give you. He wants to take away. He wants to destroy what God wants you to have because he hates you, because God loves you. Oh, if we could just get people to see that and understand that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody knew it was only the beginning. It wouldn't stop with a child in the womb. It would proceed to the sick and elderly. It would overtake the weak and the handicapped because Satan is a thief who loves to kill and destroy. There's a situation that happened a few years back that this whole nation for a long time was focused on. I haven't heard anything about it now in a while. A lot of people's forgot it. But this situation that happened that I'm fixing to tell you about would never have happened if it wasn't because if abortion wasn't legalized in 1973. Because one thing always leads to the other. I seen a bumper sticker on somebody's car one time. And says, do not ever, Brother Randy, let the devil ride with you because he'll want to eventually drive. Hallelujah. You give him an inch, he's going to take a mile. I know a few people like that. <laughs> Glory to God. But that's another story. I got a picture. I want him to put up on the screen now if you would. Maybe you can remember this precious 41-year-old woman. In the early morning of February 25, 1990, Terry Chivavo collapsed in the hallway of her St. Petersburg, Florida apartment with apparent heart attack. Firefighters got there and paramedics arriving in response to her husband Michael's 911 call. They found her face down and unconscious. And I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot about that old fella. Amen. That just don't add up. He calls 911. And when the fire department finally gets there, his wife is still laying face down. If I went in the hallway and I found my wife laying face down, she wouldn't be laying face down for long. Hallelujah. But let me, let me continue this. Firefighters and paramedics arrived and found her face down, unconscious. She was not breathing and had no pulse. They attempted to res uh, uh, resuscitate her. 
and she was transported to Humana Northside Hospital where eventually they had to insert a feeding tube into her because she was no longer able to eat, drink, or drink or anything herself. That was in 1990. In 1998, her husband, Michael, petitioned the Sixth Circuit Court of Florida to remove her feeding tube so she could go ahead and die. And let me say this, I will add this, it was also found out later. He had done had this wife in the comatose state for eight years. He had him a girlfriend on the side. Of course, the only thing he could do before he could legalize what he wanted with his girlfriend on the side was to get rid of this other one. And I'm sorry, as Brother Shoulder said last night, if that offends somebody, go to bed on, sleep on. You may change your mind uh, tomorrow. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The court determined that Terry would not have wished to continue life like that. So on April 24, 2001, her feeding tube was removed for the first time. For the first time. Only be reinserted several days later. I won't tell you how the high courts of this nation literally tortured this woman. On February 25, 2005, a Pinellas County judge again ordered the removal of Terry's feeding tube. Several appeals were, uh, and federal government uh, intervention followed. And this is the reason, one of the reasons why I admired, and I will back up to my dying day, President George Bush so much. He was, he was away from the country, not uh, not on a vacation trip, but taking care of government business, and he heard about it. Even President George W. Booth returned to Washington, D.C. to sign legislation designed to keep this lady alive, and the whole country was crying out. Churches everywhere were praying, amen, to save her life. <coughs> After appeals through the federal court system upheld the original decision to remove the feeding tube, the staff at the hospital disconnected the feeding tube on March the 18th, 2005, and Terry died on March the 31st, 2005, literally starving to death. That is not right in nobody's book. It's not just in nobody's book. Hallelujah. And the whole basis of what the judge did disown that even a president couldn't overturn. Even the president's signature couldn't overturn it. Was because of the law back in 73 legalizing abortion. Let me tell you something, people. One sin leads to another. It builds upon one thing after another. Hallelujah. It don't get any better. It only gets worse. Hallelujah. That's the poor lady's mama to her and her dad did so much to try to save her life. It's a proven fact. Here a while back, there was a young man came out of a coma. He'd been in a coma for 15 years. And he told everybody to come see him, everything he said to him. 
just because that they can't get out of their body and communicate does not mean they're not there. Hallelujah. In concluding this message, I want to finish this message today by giving you some circumstances. Because I understand that even in the church world, there's a lot of people that's on both sides of the fence of this issue. They shouldn't be, but they are. Years ago, the people of Cheatham County, <coughs> the people of, that was a members of Right to Life in Cheatham County, elected me as the Cheatham County Right to Life president. And we worked very feverishly. And since we were working out of Cheatham County, I went, I went to pastors of all the churches in Cheatham County. And I, I ended up one day there at First Baptist Church in, uh, in Ashland City. Uh, Sam Emery, I think, was, his, was a pastor. I don't know if he's still pastoring there or not. Or not. But I walked in there, and he invited me in, and I identified um, myself, sat down across his aisle, and I talked to him and told him what we're trying to get some help to do, that we can, we're trying to raise some money to, for, for, for women who really don't want an abortion, they can get the funds to at least have the child and have the child adopted rather than taking the child's life. And uh, uh, he sits back in his chair, leans back. He says, well, he said, I'm with you on this 100%. But he leaned, he leaned back and he says, but uh, you got to understand. This is where he began to hem all around. He said, you can understand, I got people in my congregation that's on both sides of the fence. He says, and I just, even though I agree with you, he says, uh, uh, he says I can't do anything to rock the boat. He said, I'm afraid I'll rock the boat here in the church if I do anything. I looked back at him. I said, you know what, I'm not just a, uh, uh, the president of Cheatham County Right to Life. I said, I'm a pastor of a great church myself. I said, in Nashville, over in East Nashville, Meridian Street. Hallelujah. And I said, I ain't been doing nothing but rocking the boat ever since God called me to preach. Hallelujah. The glory to God. And I say, the, I say right now, the way that things are going in this world, I said, I agree with you. We need to quit rocking the boat. It's time we just turn the boat plumb over. Hallelujah. 